Welcome to the KICC Malawi podcast. We pray that you'll be encouraged with the message today. The 21st, right? yes. the 21st of November, we are drawing closer to the end of the year. Um, it feels like we've only been in this year for a few days, right? <laughs> so much has happened. So much has happened, but God has been gracious. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If the Lord, this is my favorite place, if the Lord had not been on our side, how would we proceed with it, maybe? He would have sold us alive. Amen. So, so, so many things that have happened, and all we can do is to thank God and say, thank you, God. Amen. For us to be alive at this point, Amen. it's nothing but the grace of the Lord. Amen. For us to achieve the so many things we've been able to achieve in the year, it's nothing but the grace of the Lord. Amen. I looked at how difficult it has been business-wise, and I looked at the so many doors that God has been opening for His children, and I say, Lord, you're gracious. Amen. When I say His children, I'm including myself in the team. Amen. I look at what God has been able to do to me, to my family, to my to my close relations. And I'm like, God, you are amazing. Amen. Because we've gone through difficult times. From last year to this year, we've gone through difficult times. But God has been able to sustain us. God has been able to be gracious. We can only thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me thank the church leadership uh, for once again according this according this opportunity to stand before you church and share the love of God. Thank you very much, uh, our pastors. I do not take it for granted. Let me welcome those that are watching us online. Let me welcome those that will be listening to the podcast after the service. Uh, feel very welcome. And may the Lord meet you at the point of your need. Today, uh, I don't know, but I want I want us to take some time to look at how we deal with matters of the heart. So I want us to talk about dealing dealing with matters of the heart. You see, if you look at what's happening around us today, you'd find that a lot of people, Christians included, are struggling with so many issues that come from the heart. We have seen a lot of suicide cases from both Christians and non-believers, people that have given up on life, People that felt this life is no longer worth a meal. Alright? All those come from inside the heart. Because as a man thinketh in their hearts, so is he. So whatever is cooked inside the heart, there has to be a point when it has to come out in the open. Amen? 
A lot of people we have seen, a lot of people we have judged to have made terrible decisions in life today if you closely look and understand their story, you'll notice that for a long time, over a long period of time, they had been struggling with one, two, or several things inside their hearts that we did not know about. But they knew about those issues. And they reached a point that they could no longer deal with such issues anymore and they just had to give up. But, truth be told, as children of God, we are not supposed to give up on nothing. We are not supposed to give up on God. But it happens that we reach that point of giving up on life because we do not know how to go about the issues anymore. Amen. I have been to that, I've been, I've been in that situation before. I've reached a point where I've said, why again am I living? If God is love, why is he allowing me to go through all of this? I've reached a point where I've pointed fingers at God. I'm sure most of us have. Amen. These are realities of life. These are realities of our Christian living. We reach points when we say, God, I was, I was speaking to one pastor yesterday. He called me. Uh, he's been discipling one of my friends. And then he called me. He says, I said, I want, to, I want to speak to you about your friend XYZ. I'm like, okay. He says, you see, we've been dealing with him on these issues, but it looks like now he has stopped trusting God because what, it, what he's been expecting from God hasn't been coming forth. And, and this pastor says, I, I, I have done my part. I, I'll continue doing my part, but I know this, this, this is your friend. You can speak to him and, and he can understand. I just want you to take, I just want you to take him through uh, this journey uh, together with me so that he understands that God will never give up on him. But if he completely leaves the sight of God, he should not expect what God, uh, what, what, what he wants God to do to him to happen because he is slowly living in the face of the Lord. These are realities of life. People reach those points. On Friday, we, we were at... Uh, uh, the, the Bunda campus of the Global University of Natural Resources. Uh, uh, there was I, Pastor Sunda, Brother Emas, his wife, my wife, uh, and a few other brothers, Brother Lyson, Brother Sanile, and a few others. We, we went there to support uh, a worship session as part of our campus fire ministry. And there was a time Pastor Sunda had a time to share the word of God and he had people come for order for at the end of the session uh, there was a one-on-one -on -one, uh, with the people that came for the altar call and, 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 and the people that came they did not come to receive Jesus Christ 
Because it appeared almost every one of them had already received Jesus Christ. But when Pastor Sunda said, in case you're here, you've been struggling with something in your walk with Jesus. Please come to the front. It was so shocking to see the huge number of people that walked to the front to be prayed for because they had been dealing with issues in their hearts. And at the end of the session, I remember Pastor Suga, it was somewhere, we were finishing somewhere around, around, around 4 o'clock, but somewhere around 5 minutes to 4, I think that's when the one-on-one -on -one sessions were, uh, were completely done. And I remember Pastor Suga said something that struck me the most. He says, guys, people here are going through issues. And he ended there. He just said that, guys, people here are going through issues. Amen. Amen. And uh, these are students that we are raising to lead us in the near future. Amen. And the issues they're struggling with now, if they are not resolved, these are issues that will affect their next steps in their career life. Amen. These are issues that will affect their decisions when they become our leaders. Hallelujah. So today I want us to look at uh, how best we can be, we can, as Christians, we can deal with these matters of the heart. Amen. Let us open our Bibles. Uh, let's go to the book of Proverbs chapter 4. We are going to read from verse number 10 to... 23. I'm reading from the King, New King James Version, uh, which if I borrow Pastor Sula's word, uh, we can now call it the KICC Malawi Lokwe Version. Because it looks like everyone uses New King James Version. Uh, the New King James Version is this. Alright, uh, Proverbs number 4, chapter number 4, verse uh, 10 to 23. The Bible says, Hear my son and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom, I have led you in the right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered, and when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go keep her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it, and do not travel on it. Turn away from it, and pass on. For they, they do not sleep, unless... They have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence, but the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto, perfect, unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, 
give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Verse number 23. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Hallelujah. Amen. So, it is from the heart that the issues of life do spring. The book of Proverbs, uh, just like any, any, any other book in the Bible, is written with a purpose. And the purpose of this book uh, of Solomon, son of David, is basically outlined in chapter number one. If you read chapter number one of this book, you understand why the book of Proverbs was written. And I consider the book of Proverbs as a character builder for a Christian. Amen. The book of Proverbs has, was written for number one, to provide us with wisdom and instruction to understand the words of insight from our Father. Amen. And this insight is basically for our daily living so that we can wisely deal with issues of life. The book of Proverbs was written to grant us farsightedness and provide us with knowledge and caution. So we do not see life uh, just within our uh, confines, but it is designed to help us to see life beyond what we can see now, to see life beyond what others can see or how others can see life. That's why you find that there are times when Christians stand up in, uh, uh, in places where there's no word of God being shared. But when they speak, they are not speaking verses. They are not speaking scripture. But when they speak, what is coming out of them is wisdom and nothing but wisdom. Because they have understood the word of God. They have understood the word of wisdom. And they have gotten that far-sightedness. They are seeing beyond what everyone else is seeing. So that's why this book is there. It's there to guide us and to help us to understand and have the knowledge and have the caution of things that we do not do as Christians, of paths that we do not walk as Christians. Number three, the book is designed to help us to understand why we must fear the Lord because it is the source of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the source of wisdom. And this is the wisdom that enables us to pursue what is right and what is good in life. And all that is found in the Bible. And among the places where this wisdom is found in the Bible is the book of Proverbs. Written by Solomon. The wisest man that ever lived. Amen. It is through this wisdom that God reveals the values of life and he guides us on how we can achieve those values of life. Amen. 
And like I said, this book builds one's character. If we were to read, at least on top of the scriptures that we read every day, if we were to at least put in one chapter of Proverbs every day, you'd find that in one full month, you've finished the whole book of Proverbs. Amen. It is a serious character building. Now, I want to capitalize on these principles that the book of Proverbs was written uh, on, and then we are going to go through uh, the topic for today, dealing with matters of life, based on this and based on Proverbs number four that we have read. Now, talking about matters of life, this could be a complex issue, and we can talk about each issue that each one of us goes through daily, and we can take the whole day to the end. We cannot exhaust them. Amen? But what I want us to do, we are going to particularly look at how effectively we can deal with such issues and we can face them head on. Because these are issues that affect our lives, that affect our decisions every day. We are talking about issues that oftentimes are hard to share with others. But there comes a time when they burst out. We are talking about issues that do not only affect us, but also affect those people that are around us if we do not deal with them wisely. Amen? Issues that have taken people to an airy grave. Issues that have made people take their own lives. We, I, I, like I said, we cannot outline them one by one. Because each one of us has to be different of those issues. I, I do host a TV program on one of the local stations. And for the past month, uh, rather for the past two months, we have been talking about issues of mental health. Uh, this is a Christian program that tackles uh, various issues, uh, answers questions, and all that that Christians go through, Christians have uh, in life. And we've been talking about issues of mental health, and we've been getting a lot of feedback. We've been getting a lot of uh, a lot of messages and a lot of comments from people. And when you read the messages, when you read the feedback we've been getting, my expectation initially was would be, people would be going like, oh yeah, it's, that, ah, it, it's a nice program, oh yes. But people have been writing issues from their hearts. And when they write, they go like, please don't mention my name on the program if you have to read out this message. But when you read the issues, issues ranging from marital issues, issues from businesses, issues from employment, issues from, from every area of life. And that told me that people are going through issues. People go through issues. And then there are other people that go through issues. Amen. Amen. 
comments, you read, you read the comments and you're like, okay. And how is this person living up to this point when they've been going through all this? Amen. I stopped judging people that have made terrible mistakes, even like taking their own lives. Amen. What I started doing is to understand what made them make that decision so that out of that I should be able to help myself and someone else not to make the same mistakes of life. The more we judge people that have made these kind of decisions in life, the more we send them to the grave as early as possible before their time. Amen. Amen. People that are struggling with mental issues, the more we judge them, the more we push them off the cliff. Amen. Jeremiah 17, verse 9 to 10 says, The heart is deceitful and above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct and according to what their deeds deserve. So this is the Lord who examines the mind and he understands the issues that each one of us go through. And I tell you, if, if, if God was to deliberately one day lay bare issues that each one of us keep in our hearts, trust me, there will be chaos. If God was to decide today to <laughs> if God was to decide today to make my heart transparent and what you see is not only what uh, the, the, the physical features that are inside this, this space that I have here or the physical features that are inside this space that I have here but Everything else, including those hidden things that are hidden inside here, hidden inside here, trust me, there will be chaos. But He is a God. <laughs> He's a God of love. Amen. And He says the only thing He will do is to search our hearts and judge or reward each person according to their conduct and according to what their deeds deserve. Now, God is, is saying he's a God who searches the heart. And the verse starts with saying the heart is deceitful above all things and blah, blah, blah. And it says God is the God who searches the heart. And then in the end he says he rewards each person according to their conduct. Now he's moved from the heart. Okay. He has searched the heart. And then he says, okay, then I will reward each one of them according to their conduct. Why according to their conduct and not according to what you are seen in the heart? Because what comes from our conduct is exactly what is inside our hearts. 
Amen. What comes out from our deeds is exactly what comes from inside our hearts. What is cooked inside our hearts. Hallelujah. Would be looking at, you, at, at, at people that have that always been close to you and you're like, okay. So this is how how you have been all along. This is this is the real you, and would we'll begin to run away from them, would we'll begin to shun them, would we'll begin to judge them and say, hey, no, Pastor Sunda, I, th I thought I thought I knew you, Pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we find solace in the fact that God has given us the opportunity to, to have his word and to use his word in dealing with all these issues that come from our hearts. And that's why the only thing that he will do is to, to, to reward us according to our conduct. And that's why I'm saying today I want us to dwell very much on the wisdom that is found in the book of Proverbs. On the wisdom that God has given us and on the ability to deal with issue, these issues that God has given us through his word that we just read of Proverbs chapter number 4. Amen. So I want us to quickly look at some of the considerations that we ought to make when we are dealing with these complex issues of our lives. When we are dealing with issues that we cannot share with anyone else. When we are dealing with issues that we feel ashamed about. Do you know that there are people who feel ashamed about their own life? Amen. There are people who don't want you to stand in front of a gathering like this one and then you begin to introduce them according to who they are. Because they're ashamed of their own life. And how do we deal with such issues? Because such issues keep eating us up inside. And when they finish eating us up inside, they come out. And when they come out, it's disaster. It affects us. It affects those that are around us. It affects everyone else. Amen. So the number one thing that we need to do, that we most often feel to do as Christians, is acceptance. John 16.33 The Bible says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And in the same way, verse number 12 of the Proverbs that we have read, Proverbs chapter number 4, it says, when you walk, it says, I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Amen. Why is God preparing us in this way? In John chapter 16, it says these things I have spoken to you, that you may have peace. Because in the world, you will face tribulation. So God, God knows that in the world that he has put us, his children, we shall face the problems that we face. It's not strange. It's not new. Amen. 
But what we fail to do as Christians is to accept that as a child of God, it is also possible for me to go through such issues that we go through. A lot of Christians don't accept that. A lot of Christians think that the moment you become a Christian, the moment you become a child of God, you've confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've started your walk with God, everything is going to be rosy. That's what most of Christians, that's what a lot of Christians think. And that's why you find that a lot of Christians would begin to complain when things are not going the way they want things to go. And they will begin to ask God questions. They will begin to point fingers at other people. They will begin to say, why are you giving that to them instead of giving it to me? I have been the first one to, I, I was the first one to start praying about that. I have fasted about that. I have done all that I could about that. Why are you not giving it to me? You're giving it to them. And we're still, you know, I think I was sharing the other day that we're still, there are times you find that the people that are getting or having that which you have been prayed for over a long period of time are people that do not believe in God. Amen? It's painful. It's painful. But the point is we need to reach a point of accepting that yes, we are children of God. Yes, I am born of the spirit and the blood. But I will, for as long as I live in this world, I will face these troubles. What matters is how I deal with the troubles. So number one point that made a lot of people lose it is to accept. You know, people, there are people that have not accepted themselves. They're born, they've been raised, they've gone to good schools, they've, some even have got nice jobs, that they, have, they have names in the society, but you'll find that they have not accepted themselves. They're still struggling with acceptance on the issues of their life. And the moment acceptance is absent in every aspect of our life, it becomes difficult for us to navigate through the, 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 the life. Amen. That's why every time something happens, we begin to look for someone to blame. If we're not blaming ourselves, we begin to look for someone else to blame. We begin to look for all the excuses we can find in the world. We begin to look for all sorts of complaints that we can raise in the world. Because we are not able to accept. If you don't accept your mistakes in life, it becomes difficult for you to change. Amen. Amen. You make a mistake in life, you accept it, you learn from it. You make a mistake in life, you don't accept it, you will not learn from it. You keep making mistakes and you keep blaming others, you keep blaming yourself. As Christians, we need to understand that we live in this human nature just like everyone else. And whatever problem is associated with this human nature that we live in, we are bound to face it at one point or another. And we have to accept that. We do not need to be surprised or to feel betrayed by God 
when we are faced with problems, when we are faced with challenges, it shouldn't come as a surprise to us. Because at times, Christians, I think, I think at times we take challenges and problems as something that, that that's that's coming to us as a surprise, and we're like, but 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 why 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 should this be happening? Because the moment you're asking the question why, it means if something that you never expected has happened. Something that you never thought would have happened to you has happened. And then you're like, why? Why, why should this happen to me? Amen. Yes, we can ask the question why to an extent. But then immediately we have to realize that, okay, it was said in the word of God that such things are bound to happen to us as Christians. Amen. Hallelujah. The disciples, if you read through the book of Acts, if, if there's a group of people that uh, was supposed to doubt God outright and, and, and say, this, this Jesus business is a scam, we're getting out of it, then it's the disciples in the early church. Amen? I mean, these are people that if they were not being stoned somewhere, they were being chased out of their own homes, being driven out of their own homes. Amen? If they are not being killed somewhere, they are being falsely accused and jailed. But then they understood. They said, this Jesus, the one we are preaching about today, this Jesus, the one we are following today, told us that these things shall happen. And he told us not to be scared. He told us not to be worried. He told us not to be moved. For he said he had already overcome the world. Amen. That's the mindset we need to have as children of God. We need to say, yes, we are facing this. We are going through this. But God said, he had already dealt with this. Hallelujah. Amen. We cannot surely come out of any situation if we do not accept and apply the word of God, the wisdom of God to that particular situation. Verse number 12 that I have read, if you read it from verse number 11, it says from Proverbs chapter 4, it says, I have taught you in the way of wisdom and I've led you in the right paths. Why has God taught us in the way of wisdom? And why is he saying he has led us in the right path? The answer is on verse number 12 that I have just read. It says, when you walk, your steps will not be hindered. So basically the application of this scripture is, you are faced with a situation that is likely to disturb you mentally. You are faced with a situation that is likely to trouble you in every area of your life. 
you have to remember how God has taught you to walk in this journey or on this journey of life. How God has taught you to use the wisdom he has given you on this journey of life. Because it is that wisdom that is going to make your way not to be hindered. It is that wisdom that is going to make you, when you run, not to stumble. Amen. When you trip and fall, you easily pick yourself up and run forth because you understand the strength and the power that you have in the word of the Lord. So you need to accept that yes, as a Christian, I am going to go through all this. Yes, as a Christian, this is what's going to happen to me. But when it happens, this is how I apply the word of wisdom so that I do not stumble along the way. Number two, know that God values you as his child. Amen. The trouble we have with a lot of people these days we seek so much approval from the world. We forget that we are we are of great value. Amen. We are of so much value and God values us. But we seek, we seek, we, we seek, we seek, we seek so much, so much approval from the world. And we forget how much value we have in the Lord. There's a lot of people that are dealing with issues of, 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 of rejection in life. There's a lot of people that feel they are being neglected. But let me tell you this. To me, it is much, much, much better to be rejected by the world, to be neglected by the world, but to be, or than to be rejected by my Father in heaven. Amen. 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 So I'd rather be accepted in the sight of God, I'd rather be accepted in the eyes of God and in the kingdom of God than to be accepted in the world, the world that will give me nothing but trouble. Amen. So the moment we feel we are being rejected by the world, the moment we feel we've been neglected by the world, it is the moment that we begin to, we have to begin to realize that as much as the world can hate us, as much as the world can reject us as children of God, there is someone somewhere who values us the most and this is our father the lord the god of heavens and earth the one who created the heavens and earth the one who rules over the heavens who rules over the earth who rules over under the earth amen because if he accepts us as we are we have nothing to worry about. Amen? You see, the feeling of being rejected by the world has brought so much traumatic 
experiences in many people. Amen. A lot of those, the, 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 those, those one uh, psychotherapist that I was talking with in my in my TV program, and he said, "Do you know that a good number of the people that have that have ended their life, they've done so because." They have felt that everyone else around them do not accept them the way they are. Amen? There's people that have felt that their family doesn't love them. Their immediate friends don't love them. The world at large don't love them. When they're walking, because perhaps because of their past, because of something they might have done, when they're walking, they see people chatting and laughing, they think they're laughing about them. When they walk and see people chatting, they think they're gossiping about them. Everything that the world does, they think that it's about them because they feel they have been rejected by the world. But the Bible clearly tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ did what? Amen. The world can reject us because of who we are, because of what we are, because of what they have heard about us. Because that happens. People hear something about you and they say, ha, ha I thought I knew Antoine Bui. Antoine Bui is like this. No more business with that one boy. Alright? They will reject you because of that. Because they've heard something about you. But we have solace in the fact that whatever the world hears about us, whatever the world talks about us, has nothing and cannot stand against what God hears, knows, and understands about us. So what should matter in our life is how God looks at us and not how the world looks at us. If we take that in, we'll not be worried about what everyone else says about us. There was a time I was chatting with a friend and I was saying, look, if you continuously worry about what other people think about you, you create unnecessary problems for yourself. Because the number one question you need to ask yourself is if I'm worrying about what so and so think or uh, uh, or yeah, think about me, the number one question you have to ask yourself is what have they done to contribute to my life? Amen? Because a lot of the people that we worry about on how they are going to look at us, how they are going to, what they are going to think about us, don't care about us at all. We, we spend a lot of time worrying about what they are going to say about us, what they are going to think about us. And these people, they have their own worries. They have their own problems. They don't even care that a certain Martin Kalima exists somewhere and when he comes here, this is what we want to we want him to be like and stuff and all that. They don't care. And we spend a lot of time worrying about those things. Amen. So every moment you begin to worry, think those people you're worried about, what is it that they have done 
so much worry. Because God, God has done so much in my life. I would be worried, God, if God said, uh, from today onwards, I don't consider you as, as, as my child, I would, be, I, would be, I would be so much worried. If God rejects me, I would be so much worried. Because he is my outcome. And everything that I am is from him. Amen. And if he decides to walk away from me, I should, I should really be worried. If my pastor sooner decides to walk away from me, I'll say, thank you, pastor. You have helped me to walk on this journey. Now I think I'll start with my God. You can go on your way. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. But the problem is we do not know how much value we have in the family of God. Amen. We do not know how much God values us. If Amen. we realized and if we knew how much God values us, we would not have been worried about all these things. We would not have been worried about the world rejecting us and everything and all that. Second Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9. The Bible says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. This is Paul. And at this time, at this time Paul had struggled with a thorn in the flesh and he says he had prayed to God about it. On several times. And, and the prayer, I, 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 I imagine the prayer was God. This thing is has been troubling. Why can't you take it away? Alright? And this is just a thorn in the flesh. But then look at the several other troubles that Paul went through in this in his life of ministry. For him to be worried about a thorn in the flesh. Amen. And God says, Oh, no, 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 look. My grace is very, very sufficient for you. Because my power or my strength is made perfect in weaknesses. Amen. I would rather post, like Paul said, I would rather post gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. So, the, the moments we are weak, that's when God begins to manifest His power. That's when God begins to manifest His strength. At the moments the world thinks lowly of us, that's when God begins to uplift us. And that's when God begins to. Oh, hallelujah. There was a time I was sharing, I was saying, you know, there are moments when God lifts you up. And the people that. Because, you know, the enemies, <laughs> this is what they do. They, they, they mark you as, your enemy, as, their, as their enemy. And then every time these are the people that begin, that come to check on how you are doing. They don't come to check on how you are doing because they care about you. Not because they love you. No. Not because they are concerned about you. No. They want to see how much progress they have made in their mission to bring you down. Amen. Now, I was sharing the other time, I was saying, there are moments when God lifts you up. 
and takes you out of the situations that everyone else thought you were not going to come out of. And then these people stand there and they just go like, ah. Amen. Amen. Because his strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. When I am down, that's when I am made strong in the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. You should not have suicidal thoughts because someone somewhere in the world has rejected you. God accepts you the way you are. And he'll never reject you, no matter what. Amen. That's why he took us into his family. Even when we had committed all the bad things that we can talk of in this world, he still accepts us and he says, come, my child. Hallelujah. Amen. And this is a man who was rejected by the world before. Remember? He is familiar with the pain that we go through. He is familiar with all our weaknesses because he lived in this place. Amen. He went through all that and he understands better. Hallelujah. Amen. He is a God who is able to sustain us through his wisdom. Isaiah 53, verse 3. He says, He was despised, rejected by mankind, a man of sorrows, familiar with our pain, like one from people, from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Like the one whom people hide their faces from. Do, do, do you understand the description there? This is a amount of rejection that Jesus faced. It was actually far worse than the rejection that some of us complain about today. Amen. Because if people reach a point of hiding their faces from you, hey, <laughs> you should be worried about yourself. Amen? If people reach a point of saying that every time I make money, he disgusts me. That's the highest level of rejection, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> you know, there are other people that hate you so much, okay? They hate you so much, and probably when you meet them, they will not literally spit on the ground or on the floor because they are disgusted by you. But when you part ways, then they will begin to talk all sorts of things. Probably maybe they will now do the spitting at that time and all that, okay? Because because we, we live in this we live in this life where no matter how much you hate someone, you still want to at least not show it that you hate them. But Jesus, Jesus faced it. Amen. He faced that rejection that when when, when actually when actually they when, when, when they caught him. At a time he was about to be crucified, they are beating him and everyone else. People came to literally spit in his face. Amen. That's the kind of rejection that we faced. And it, it, we, we do not need to worry about rejection. Jesus has faced worse rejection than we do. Hallelujah. Amen. Number three. Never seek alternative solutions stick 
Amen. If you go through verse 13 to 14 of the scripture we have read, the Bible says, Take firm hold of instructions. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. She here is talking about the wisdom of the word that is being talked about here. And it continues to say, Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. So many Christians have limited the ability of God in their problems of life and have resorted to seek alternative solutions elsewhere. It is disastrous. Amen. The Bible says we should not let the wisdom that he has given us go. We should use it so that when we walk, we do not stumble. Amen. But we have resorted to seeking solutions from elsewhere. God does not need our help. He is there to take us through. He doesn't need us to assist him. But we have tried to assist God. Last time, I think it was Pastor McDuffel or I think Pastor Sunga, he quoted a phrase that a lot of people use as if it comes from the Bible, but it doesn't appear anywhere in the Bible. And it says, God helps those who help themselves. No, 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 no. We do not need to help ourselves. Because our help doesn't come from anywhere else. It comes from the Lord. The Lord. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. The maker of the heavens and the earth. There's no need for us to help ourselves. Because at that point, we are neglecting the power of the word of God that he has given us. Because if you can help yourself, it means you don't need God in your life. I mean, if I know mathematics, I don't need a teacher. Amen. If I knew that on a crossroads, I need to stop and give way to others, then if I knew how to consistently use that, and if automatically I get to a crossroad, I, I knew how to use that knowledge, then I wouldn't need the traffic lights there. But they are there to remind us and to guide us to say, this is not the time for you to go. You wait until the green light comes and then you will go. Amen? And that's why we don't even need to step out of our cars to tell other cars to say, hey, stop, I need to pass first. No, 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 no. We already have the help of the traffic lights. God does not need our help. Verse number 20 of the prophet we've read, it says, for they are, meaning the words of wisdom, life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. All the answers to our problems are here. The words of wisdom. They are life to those who find the words of wisdom. And they are healing to their flesh. What afflictions are you going through that the word of God cannot deal with? What problems are you going through that the word of God cannot deal with? None. Hallelujah. There are times as Christians... Because of the amount of troubles we've gone through, we have diverted from the path of the Lord. And if it, as our heart continues to convict us, we say, no, I'll continue on this path because God has failed. But 
Trust me, God has never failed anyone. He has never failed before. He will not start to fail or hear from them. Amen. John 3.20 For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. And He knows all things. Don't be fooled that God doesn't know what's going on in our hearts. He knows all things. Remember, Jeremiah says He's a God who searches the hearts. So He knows every problem, every trouble we are going through. God knows it. And He knows just how to help us go through. He knows just how to help us self through. Hallelujah. Amen. Number four, seek help. This is one thing that a lot of Christians these days, just like the rest of the world, are afraid of seeking help. We think we know everything. We think we have all it takes to go through on this journey. And we neglect seeking help. Of course, when seeking help, you also need to open your eyes and be very careful. Amen. So seek help, open up, but be very careful. A lot of people have suffered with issues of life because they have often kept the issues inside their hearts. And issues that have been kept for a long time in their hearts, when they are bursting out, they come out in full force. And when they burst out, like I said earlier, not only do they affect you, but they affect even those that are close to you. Amen? Have you seen uh, something that's, I don't, I don't know which, what example I can give, but uh, something that's under, or, or, or water that's under pressure in a pipe that has got no outlet, so the outlets have been closed, and there's pressure, um, pressure mounting, so much pressure mounting. When it finds an opening and it bursts out, it's, it, it, it actually spills all over, even to the areas or, or places that never expected they would be affected because the pressure has been mounting for a long time. It hasn't been attended to. And the opportunity it gets, it bursts and it comes out and it affects everyone. Your problems that have been kept inside your heart for a long time. Your problems that have not been shared with people so that can, you can be helped for a long time. When they come out, it becomes disastrous. A lot of people that have killed themselves, that have committed suicide, have had issues that they kept to themselves for a long time. And they didn't seek any help. Amen. I was reading some statistics. Uh, I think I think of between 2019 and 20, uh, 2020, uh, I think over 100 and I think over 119 people in that period had committed suicide, and 80 
92% of those people were men. Only 8% were women. And then I was discussing with someone. Now, this I want to speak directly to men. I was discussing with someone, one of the, uh, the, 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 the experts that I had uh, on a chat the other day. I was saying, look, why is it that it's a lot of men committing suicide than women? Actually, it's even, now it's even, it's, it's even evident. It's a lot of men committing suicide than women. Why is that so? And he said something that I had not known. And I said, I think he is right. He says, look, women, they have, they are blessed with speaking, opening up. It's true, women, right? He says women can easily open up. And when, when women open up, most of the times, they are opening up not to be helped, but to be heard. Amen. Amen. It's true, right? Yeah. Women open up not to be helped, but to be heard. Amen. And when they open up and they, when they vent, uh, I'll borrow my sister's word, when they vent, they have a burden lifted Amen. off their shoulders. Amen. Men, me included, we are too proud. And mm -hmm. our pride doesn't allow us to faint anyhow. This is a time we need to get rid of that pride. That pride will get us to nowhere. That pride will begin to hurt us more. And when we are hurt, like Pastor Suma was quoting Cuba, that was his poem, when we are hurt, we are going to hurt others. Because what happens with men, this is what this expert said. He says, what happens with men? We open up only when we know that if I open up to this person, I am going to be helped. And for us to reach the point of opening up to that particular person to seek help, we have started this person for over months. <laughs> And we want to be sure we can trust them. We want to be sure they can really help us. And when we see, maybe they can, we start going in with one leg and then we say, mm -hmm. and then we go back. <laughs> but all that comes from the pride of life. Amen. 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 Men are dying because they have issues that they cannot open up with anyone. Amen. Look for someone. Wisely look for someone. Seek God. Ask God for wisdom. Look for someone. Trust them. Speak to them. Amen. Amen. There's, you know, when, when, when you speak to someone, you always feel relieved. Even when they don't help you. But the fact that you have shared with them. Uh, this is my personal experience. The fact that I've shared with someone the struggle that I have had. I, I, I remember I remember the other time I think I had, um, I had some issues at work. Uh, with some of the partners that we work with. And, 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 and then 
this has been, I have struggled with this for over a week on how I should deal because the decision was actually to be made by me uh, on how to deal with this issue. And I had struggled with it. I had struggled with it. And I looked at who can I talk to about this? And I said, no. But should I embarrass myself to the point that I tell someone I have failed to make a decision on this and I need their help? But days went. I couldn't find a possible solution to this, a possible decision to this. Up until on one day, uh, I think it was during prayer and fasting, we came here, I told Pastor Lotaf, I said, Pastor, this is not about prayer, this is not about what, what, I want to talk to you about my work. And we sat in his car, we spoke, we spoke, I told him, and the moment I finished telling you, I felt whether he's going to help me or not, but I have vented, the rest was all down itself. But I felt something lifted off my heart. Amen. And tell you what? He had my answers right there and then. He helped me. He guided me. Says, okay, this one, let's do X, Y, and Z. Alright. The next day I went back as a great thinker. <laughs> a great man. And I said, guys, this is how we are going this. Amen. But if I had, if I had allowed my pride to take the center stage and left that issue within me and say, I'm going to handle it, I know how to do it best. Trust me, today we'll be talking about a different thing altogether. Amen. Amen. But I, I shared. Men, learn to share. Seek help. Now, I'll say we need to be careful when we're seeking help also. Because there are people, there are people that are there waiting for an opportunity to strike back at you. And if you're not careful, if you're not wise, you go and seek help to the, from the enemy rather. Amen. The story of Samson. The story of Samson. He had his weaknesses and everything else. But one thing else, I was reading about this story about, I think, two, three days ago. And I said, Samson, I think one weakness that Samson had, you know, after his uh, his, his first failed marriage, uh, and then the wife got burned uh, and, and, and all that uh, history happened, there's one thing that Samson struggled with. Because immediately uh, after the issue of his uh, first marriage, what did Samson do? Samson went to a prostitute. What was something I concluded was Samson was looking for someone who would love him, accept him in that, in that aspect of life. But the challenge, he was looking for this love from terrible places, wrong places. The next step he took was to go get married to and to, to go to, to go to go to go and and, and, and and stay with Delilah. He went stay with Delilah and, and, and all that is talked about in that is Samson wanted to show his love 
to Delilah up until he revealed his secret. You remember when he married the first time? And he had, he had put a, a riddle uh, to the Philistines and says, whoever wins this riddle, uh, this, this is so much linen garment that I'm going to give you and everything else. And these people, when he put up the riddle to them, what happened? They did not get it right. And they went to his wife. And what did they do to his wife? Say, look, can you please entice your husband to tell us the answer? And the wife went there and what she told Samson was, so you say you love me. It's the same word that Delilah used. So you've lied to me all these three times and you say you love me. Amen? And then Samson revealed his strength, revealed his secret of his strength and history happened. He was looking for the right thing in wrong places. We have to be careful not to look for our answers from wrong places. Amen. There are people who, when you open up to on your issues, they will be there attentively listening. They will listen. They will listen. They will listen. And they are taking notes on how to get back at you. On how to deal with you using your own problems. Amen. Amen. So we need to be very careful. Seeking health is wisdom and we need to use it as Christians. According to Galatians chapter 6, 2, it says we need to bear one another's burdens. Alright? But we need to seek with the guidance, we need to seek wisdom from the light places. Amen. Amen. Verse number 16 of the scripture we read, towards the end of that verse, it says, well, I'll just read the whole of it, it says, For they do not sleep unless they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make sure someone for. And here they're talking about the wicked. Now, if where you are going to seek wisdom from is a place full of these wicked people that have been waiting for the time to hit back at you. Trust me, the moment you finish sharing with them, you are also finished. Amen. That's why we need to seek guidance from the word of God. Pray about who you go to seek wisdom from. And God is sure going to guide you. Hallelujah. Number five, as we draw close to the end, learn to strike a balance between spiritual and physical life. Strike a balance between your spiritual and physical life. A lot of Christians have gone to the graveyard as airy because they did not know how to strike a balance between these two things. Everything with them becomes spiritual. Amen. Amen. If a child is sick at home, yes, it's a spiritual battle we are fighting, but that does not tell you that you do not go and seek help from a professional medical person. Amen. Amen. You're struggling with finances, yes, it's a spiritual battle we are fighting, but that does not have to make you lazy and wait upon God to drop manna from heaven. It's not going to happen in this lifetime. Amen. 
We need to strike a balance between our spiritual life. Because I think most of us Christians have become too, way too spiritual. Amen. To the extent that we put the name of God to shame. Amen. Amen. A very able Christian that cannot work with their own hands and expect the name of the Lord to be glorified through them. No. It's not going to happen. Because you will live a life that will bother other people. You keep knocking on people's doors. You keep knocking on people's doors. Seeking arms and all that. That's not the Christian way of living. Because to us, we have taken everything spiritual. I was, I, was, I was chatting with Brother Levi yesterday and we were looking at some of the things that have been happening in life and we are like, why are people so angry at each other these days? One thing that we, that we, we, we said was it looks like a lot of people have put their hopes on other people. Amen. Amen. Now, if I put my hopes on another person, if I live my life on an assumption that everything I need is going to come from this person, I'm doomed. Because they also have their own problems. They are not God. They are human beings. Alright? Now, what happens is, if everything I was expecting my brother Levi to do does not happen, I begin to throw all my frustrations on him. I begin to blame him for everything that's going on with my life. No, don't blame them. Go before a mirror. Stand before a mirror and look at the mirror. And the person you see there is the one you need to blame. Amen. Because that person has failed to differentiate problems that need spiritual solutions and problems that need physical solutions. Amen. The moment you fail to differentiate these two things, you are doomed. Hallelujah. Amen. Because you live a life that will actually put God to shame. A life that will mock God. Amen. Amen. There's a Christian think that every challenge they face can only be dealt with prayer. No. There are some things you need to put in effort. You pray. We pray. But you also need to do something. Amen. Amen. God requires us to use all he has given us, the resources he has given us to sustain ourselves. Actually, God feels, I, I, I think God at times feels pity for us. It's like, Look at these people. I have given them all their ability, but they cannot see that this is what I want them to do. And they are busy going to the mountain, praying, 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 praying. The story was, was, was told about uh, 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 a, a group of people that went to pray for rains. And uh, when we were going to pray for rains, only one person took an umbrella, <laughs> went to the mountain. And then they're going to pray for rains. And they prayed, they prayed, they prayed, and then God answered them. And when they were coming down from the mountain, there was only one person who had an umbrella, and the rest of them were like, God, so we're getting soaked. 
Yeah, you were praying for rains. You expected the rains to come and you didn't prepare yourself. Amen. Amen. We need to be wise when we are dealing with issues in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Marital issues. We pray about marital issues. Marital differences with our spouses. We pray about them. But there are certain things that apart from the prayer we have prayed. There are certain things that we personally have to take a step to change them. There are lifestyles that we need to personally. You can pray, pray, pray. But if you're not willing to take a step to change, you'll just be going in cycles. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We need to strike a balance between spiritual and physical problems that need spiritual and physical solutions. Amen. Amen. We blame God in so many, in so many, um, uh, in so many ways in our lives. Because we think, oh, no, God is not coming through. No, 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 no. God, God is always ready to come through. But are you realizing the root of your problem? Are you addressing the root of your problem? Amen. Success. God, I said the other day, it's beautiful to be successful. It's beautiful to be rich. It's not a sin. God wants us to be successful as children of God. But success will not come if we do not apply the basic principles that success of this life requires. Amen. I'm not talking about the shortcuts and everything else. The basic godly principles that success of this life requires. One of it is hard work. Amen. You don't work hard, you don't expect to be successful in life. And you begin to blame God. Why are you not? Why are you not? You were why are you not? Amen. Finally, number six, do not limit the ability of God. Amen. There are times we feel this problem is too much. God cannot handle. No, there's no problem that God cannot handle. There are times we feel, I'll just let this one go. Don't let it go. Deal with it. Because if you let it go, it will not go. It stays. And at an opportune time, it comes back. There's, no, there's nothing like, I'll let this one go. Uh, we use this phrase quite a lot as Christians. Ah, no, I'll just let it go. When they've hurt you. Someone has hurt you. And you say, no, I'll just let it go. No, 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 no. They have hurt you. Don't let it go. Speak to them. Tell them how much they have hurt you. And tell them how much you still love them. Tell them how much you forgive them and tell them how they should not do it again. Alright? Yes! Because I think, I'll divert a little bit on this one. I think Christians these days, or I don't know, maybe it's from, from time immemorial, we become too Christian. We become too spiritual, like I said, on things that we don't need to be too spiritual. If someone has hurt you and you feel hurt inside. Don't keep it inside. Don't say, I will let it go. No. If you need to speak to them, go and speak to them so that they understand their problems. Do you know there are people that make mistakes without realizing they are making mistakes? Amen. Amen. I think Pastor Sunga was saying the other time that 
it becomes very dangerous when we have people that don't know that what they are making is a mistake. It's, it's very dangerous. And they are, they are those people. And worse still, when you have people that don't know that they don't know something. I'll borrow Lady uh, Evangelist Wame's words. And Alright? It becomes dangerous. Now, if such people act in a way that hurts you as a Christian and you say, no, I'll just let it go. It eats you up. It eats them up because they'll keep doing it. You need to stand up in a brother and half kind of way. Tell them, Ajimene, what you have done here is wrong. I love my pastor, Pastor McDuff. Uh, he, when he wants to tell me what I have done is not right. He either calls he, or he sends a text message and he doesn't beat about the push. Alright? Because I know he means well for me. Alright? As Christians, we need to do that. We have to mean well for each other. And the best way of doing that is to correct one another when we are going astray. But we cannot do that if we become too spiritual and we say, ah, I'll just let it go. No, God will forgive them. Oh yes, God will forgive them, but they'll keep doing the same mistake. And that's why when they do it again, the other time it will hurt you more. And then this this thing will keep piling, 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 piling until a time, an opportune time when it bursts out. And when it bursts out now, it becomes you who is a problem than them. Because the way you speak to them at that point, it becomes terrible. Amen. But if you resolve these issues, we know, we know without keeping grudges, without keeping them inside, or without letting them go, we are balancing the spiritual life that we live and the physical life that we live. So I'm saying, do not limit God. There are times we have limited God. We say this problem God cannot deal with. I've tried all these people have tried, all sorts and sorts of people have tried, but it's not going away. I think God cannot deal with it. There's no problem that God cannot deal with. God can deal with every problem, no matter how complex it is. Amen. He's a God who parted waters for the children of Israel. And he parted the waters, they're walking through the dry land, and then they see the Egyptians coming, and they are like, oh, now we're going to die. They're coming, coming behind us. And God looks at them, he says, no, 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 you are not going to die. And these, these, these are realities. They saw death. They saw the Egyptians conquering them. But God says, no, you are going to where I promised you. God has promised us eternal life. And we'll get to the eternal life through this journey we are walking on in this life. And it is God who is taking us through this journey. There's nothing that He cannot do for us. So, let's not live with God. Ephesians 3.20 Ephesians 3 verse 20, the Bible says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly 
above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever. Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above that we ask or think. This verse tells us we have a limitation in the way we think. We have a limitation in the things we can imagine. We have a limitation in the things that we can do for ourselves and by ourselves. But there's someone who can do, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask and uh, or think, according to the power that works in us. And the beauty is the power is in us. What we need to do is activate it. It doesn't make sense to live in darkness in a house, in a room like this one, uh, when, when we have a switch that can activate the lights on. We all know where the switch is. And we're like, yeah, we are living in darkness. We are complaining because we have darkness. When we have a switch, something is not right. Amen. We have the power in us. We just need to ignite it. And he who is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above and beyond all we can think and imagine, is going to sustain us. Amen. And we need to give glory to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord loves us. We worry so much about problems in our daily lives. But no one, the problems will not stop coming, they'll keep coming for as long as we're living in this life. But the word of God is there to sustain us. When we were coming from Bunda on Thursday, we went for preparations for the worship week night. So it was Brother Emma's, myself, Brother Mike, and uh, uh, Winnie. On our way back, we saw uh, a truck in front of us, and it had an inscription at the back which caught our attention. And the inscription read, remember, today is the tomorrow you were worried about yesterday. Amen. Amen. Now, today is the tomorrow you were worried about yesterday. You have been able to reach the day you were worried about yesterday. You need to ask yourself how possible. How have I been able? Because all of us have worried about it a tomorrow at some point. But we have been able to go through that tomorrow. We've been able to go through all that we have been worried about. It's because of Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can imagine. Because what we can imagine is what am I going to eat tomorrow? What are my children going to eat tomorrow? What am I, how am I going to pay school fees for my children? How am I going to sustain this house rent, the house rentals? We, that's how we think. And that's a limitation that we have in our thinking. But God is able to do beyond Amen. that. When the doors seem to be closed, it's not a time for you to begin to give up on God in life. It's a time to begin to think. What is it that he who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly can do in this situation? Hallelujah. 
Let's close our eyes and pray. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Our prayer is that God has spoken to your heart. Be blessed in this week.